welcome to The Contractor's Daughter, your go-to podcast for eliminating random acts of strategy and marketing in your highway construction business. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Jeannie Rinkab. I'm a third-generation asphalt contractor and an absolute brand strategy and marketing geek. Welcome to The Contractor's Daughter. I'm your host, Jeannie Ringkab, and today we are sitting down with Miles Kaplanades. He is a true friend of mine, not just a peer in the industry, someone I've known for several years, and we stay in touch because we enjoy having conversations about how to make things work better in the industry. And he comes from that sales side on the equipment dealership. And I love his perspectives and insights. We are often bantering back and forth in DM messages and sharing tips, videos, information, articles. And we always enjoy getting together when I am in the Denver area. So I'm actually going to share some of the great conversations that we've been having here on the podcast with you. So today we are going to be talking about how as a contractor, you can build a partnership with your dealer to actually improve your operations, maybe even reduce costs and really help your business grow. Not thinking about them as an adversary or somebody that you hope you don't have to deal with or you just don't take the time to deal with until you need something from them or something's broke down. But how could it look like if we actually had a true partnership and they were paired with us as a partner that actually had intentions about growing our business with us? So we are going to dive right in with Miles right now and stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed because we are actually going to be diving into a whole nother conversation in the next episode as well. So we were going to talk today about contractors and why they should actively engage with their dealers. What are some of the benefits? How do they do it? Who are the right contacts? What does it really look to really partner with your dealer and and some of the benefits? So let's start there. If we have a little more time, we want to go into these other topics. I may cut it into two episodes, but yeah, let's talk first, Miles, about contractors Mm-hmm. And they're partnering with dealers. Um, you have a long history of business development in equipment sales in our industry, and all. And you're you're an incredible example of building relationships. This is part of the reason why I enjoy talking to you. Is I grew up on the sales side, and you really embody that relationship piece. But let's you have some really strong ideas. So tell me, fill me in a little bit more about the contractor side and the dealer and what that relationship should look like. Yeah. So um, what I've seen over my time is that a lot of the, I see contractors who honestly view the dealer as almost an adversary, a uh, someone they don't want to engage with someone. They don't want them to know anything about their business. And, and from the dealer side, what that causes is a lot of inefficiency for the dealer to support the contractor. You know, we get, try and go engage with people in the, from these contractors and they don't ever want to talk to anybody from the company unless they are needed. And then, so then what happens is, is when the, uh, when the contractor's down, it, it's very inefficient. 
for everybody to try and get the right parts, understand what they need, understand their expectations. And it causes problems on both sides of the fence when there's, you know, ultimately machines are going to break. Ultimately, something's going to be needed. If you don't know who to talk to, or if you don't know what expectations there are from both sides of the fence, how can anybody do anything efficiently? I, I've watched it for 20 years, you know, and it, and it causes strife on both sides. The contractor's stressed out and doesn't like the, the dealer. The dealer's stressed out and they almost are worried about what this contractor is going to want from time to time. If the contractor, I don't care if it's a, a new customer coming in or a current customer wanting to engage in a, maybe an annual, hey, let's sit down and talk type situation. Let's make sure where we are, what our expectations are, what our you know job flow is, where we're going to be for the next year. And I learned it really quick from a really big customer, corporate customer from Deer. They came in with seven people into my store, sat down, and we had a meet and greet. And they laid out their expectations of us. We explained our limitations and how things work on our side to make sure that we had a great understanding of that relationship. And it's been flawless since we had that conversation. And we've had follow-ups with those guys. Now, they sit down, it's not all the time, but either I get a, you know, I had a guy coming in and we'd sit down or we'd have a conference call or we'd have something to say, okay, where do we sit now? What are we going in the next year? Here's, you know, what my expectations are. Or, hey, we have a new guy on the team. This is who you need to talk to now instead of the person you thought you knew. Mm -hmm. Um, In the turnover today, it's hard to keep up with that stuff. Yeah. Um, But on the other side, when we do have those partnerships, um, the relationship goes better. The support goes better. You can work out situations a whole lot better. And ultimately, it allows both sides of the the relationship to be more profitable and be more efficient in, in the way they do work. Right. When you say this, it kind of reminds me of like with our fractional CMO clients, we meet with them quarterly. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of strategy work that at the front, at the beginning of that, that first quarter is really heavy as -hmm. we're developing that. But then when you're on an ongoing basis, we actually set up quarterly meetings and we want to know, you know, we've been busy executing for them, but we want to know, you know, what's working, what's not working, what's confusing, what's missing. We want to look at metrics and see what's going on. We want to talk about, hey, are you pursuing other opportunities? Or do we need to help you evaluate and have an outside perspective on what maybe market opportunities are there and how you might be positioned to leverage them? And it gives them a chance every quarter. And I think in our industry, um, you know, there are definitely quarters where it's much quicker and they're like, I, I just, let's just talk about the basics. Yep. But there's always at least one of those meetings a year where we set aside time and we get deeper into strategy and stuff like that. So when I hear you say that, it reminds me of that. And mm-hmm. the stuff that comes up in those meetings, like I may find out, like they may just say something that a customer said to them mm-hmm. or that a salesperson you know, about a conversation that a salesperson had with a customer or, um, you know, about a need that a customer expressed to them or something like that. And all of a sudden, like, wait, there's a whole opportunity here. And if they haven't sat down and borrowed my brain and just gotten that scenario, like it never would have come up. Exactly. 
you know, what I've seen is that the sale, you know, a lot of times the sales rep gets all the phone calls for everything. Right. That my personal opinion is that's the wrong way to do it. The sales guy's job is to go, you know, be the representative and go sell equipment. He's not the problem solver on fixing the tractor or, you know, getting a part or whatever it is, but he's the guy or she's the lady that gets that phone call all the time. And that's just inefficient on the, on the customer side. The customer's going to be sitting waiting for the salesman to go hand it off to somebody else to do something else for somebody else. And it goes down three ladders of the ring before somebody who can make action happen. And right. if you know who to call the first time and know who's going to be the person who can get it done for you, not your sales rep all the time, you're going to have a more efficient business and you're going to be happier with your dealership. So it makes sense to actually understand who you're talking to. But the, the bigger thing to me is almost make sure that your dealership understands what your expectations are. You know, and the dealership has to explain to you, okay, you want, if there's parts that need to be overnighted, there's all these things that happen and there's a cause and effect to that happening. And we all have to be in this together as a team, not just, hey, I'm the, I'm the customer, you're the dealer, I'm going to pound on you 100% of the time mm-hmm. because I want, my, I want what I want. If you can have that open conversation, it's going to go a lot better for both sides. Right. And I think about when I think back to just my years in the industry, I think about like supervisors out on crews, out in the field. I think it would be really valuable to, and it would feel almost like a perk or an insider thing that you like very intentionally knew who to call when there was a problem like that. And it wasn't the self person. Like you knew that you were going straight to the source, like straight to the person that could execute quickly, give you a yes or a no. Here's the viability. Here's how long it's going to take. So, I mean, that seems like a perk and a benefit, but you have to put like, get in a situation where you can get access to that information as well. Yeah. The dealership side of things to be able to, to give that information to somebody on who their points of contact are. Right. Yeah, I could see that would be tremendous. I mean, when you're thinking downtime is expensive. So every single, you know, moment we can save there. But then also I'm thinking about, I love that you said like having a recurring meeting and I'm always talking to clients about, you know, who are your customers? Who's your competition? But also who are your partners? Mm -hmm. Because I was, I think I was lucky growing up in my family's business, a lot of the people that we did regular business with felt more like partners. But I think we could have even done a better job of that in terms of sitting down and saying, this is uh, an opportunity that we're thinking about pursuing next year. We're thinking about adding this type of equipment, doing X more amount of this type of work or something like that, and getting some like a two-way feedback like how can this partner help you grow your business that way instead of waiting till all of your decisions are made and just showing up to purchase an item, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially these days, you know, with just sometimes you just can't get what you want when you want it. And for years we all thought we could, yeah. but, you know, really being a strategic partner and how you can grow your business, how you can manage um, breakdowns inefficiencies, have stuff on hand, mm-hmm. you know, calculating how quickly are you wearing through parts um you know all those kinds of things seems like would be benefited by this type of relationship yeah and i look at it so there's customers that say they're only brand x or brand y i would think that 
you would want to know brand A through Z that's out in your marketplace because you never know when you're going to need somebody because your main brand does not have what you need or cannot right. support what you need. And I'm talking wear items, I'm talking parts, I'm talking service potential. It's not about just machines. It's about any part of the thing because the dealerships are there to solve your problem. Selling is an offshoot of solving problems and helping customers, um, right. whether it's car service or sales. We're there to help our customers be profitable and be up and running. If you want to go to X and they can't do it, you better go to Y or download a Z. And if you don't know who you're dealing with, you've got some major problems on your job site. Right. Um, so to me, getting to know all of the players in each market you're in, if you're in multiple markets or in just in one, it's important because each of the dealerships have something to offer to you. It's just a matter of, of finding out who you need to talk to. Yeah. So if you could design this into, into a business and look at setting something that's like, what would it look like? Like if it was a specific process that was followed with customers and dealers over and over again on repeat? Um, which way do you want to look at? Do you mean the <laughs> side or the dealer side? <laughs> well, let's talk about the dealer side first. What would it, what would it look like in like for you, like in perfect scenario? Well, so you look at, okay, so you have a new sales rep. And he doesn't know Peter from Paul. He doesn't know who to go to. And I mean, I've coached the new sales reps. You know, first thing you always do is you have to identify all your customers. Pretty awesome. Find out what the trap of sales reps are from dealerships now is they go find somebody to talk to from a customer, but it's not the person that makes the decision or has any influence on anything. It's 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 a laborer, it's an operator, it's something, but it's not a foreman, it's not a decision maker, it's not a VP, and it's not a purchasing agent. You have to find out who those people are and somehow get to them, but also realize when it's not, you're not the right person to talk to. Okay. If you've got a service, you know, if they have a service department, you need to get your CSR in there, your customer service rep, or your service manager in touch with those people. And it's it's a long process to do. But when it when it's all said and done, nothing's easy. But if you give them the information of who to talk to, whether it, you know, if even if you just go and see the cert their, their main service person or the person in charge of the fleet manage the, the, the fleet manager, and you say, hey, here's my service manager's card if you need anything, right? Don't give them your card. Go give them your service manager's card. Go give them your CSR's card. Go give them your parts manager's card. Go give them something to say, this is the direct line of communication for if you need anything from us on the service side of things. Okay. Right. Then you go and, you know, go talk to, you know, the, their CFO, their procurement people, whatever. Try and, and, but you've got to figure out the right people to talk to, not just any people, because you can spend so much time wasting time and a lot of your own if you, if you just go talk to anybody you can get your hands on. And then for the dealership, it's a waste of time especially for the customer, they're not seeing any value in the dealership because the people who are the decision makers, the ones that really drive their business, they're, they're not seeing the right people from the dealership. Right. So um, before I ask you to give it to me from the, if you were that customer and give it to me from that side, I want to ask a question because something you said triggered this. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, before I lose it, I want to ask the piece of equipment is the product that you need, but I don't really think that's not the whole value. No, that's not the whole offer, really. It's everything else that goes with it 
So what do you think? I mean, do you think that, and this will kind of help us shift over to that customer side. How do you think customers typically perceive that? Do you think they understand that? What do you think are the most important things that they actually want in addition to that piece of equipment that really make the relationship really valuable? The piece of equipment to me is a piece of iron that they see they need to do a job. Okay. What gives them the value is, you know, support of that piece of equipment, the uptime of that piece of equipment, the overall cost of that piece of equipment, and understanding those parts of it. I mean, today we've got fuel burn and we have uptime and we have repair costs and warranties and all these things that we can provide. That's where the value is, is that how fast you jump on when the machine breaks. How fast, you know, what is your parts pricing compared to the competition? Um, how fast can you get parts in? And, you know, what kind of warranties do you have? If you don't provide those information, the, 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 the piece of equipment is a commodity. It's, yeah. it, it's not anything but a, it is a piece of equipment they're going to use up. And when they need another one, they're going to get another one because they, they make money with that piece. But if you look at, say, a customer like your company, your, your family's company in paving, when that paper goes down and you got hot asphalt in trucks, what are you going to do to get them up and running again so they don't have segregation in the asphalt or have to go and just start all over again? How are you going to react to it? And then are you going to perform? Those, yeah. are the, those are the things you need to prove to your customer and right. show to your customer that you're going to do it. And that's where when you have a customer that's very happy with somebody and they're performing, you know what? Don't be afraid to be the backup. Don't, you know what? They're they're happy with brand X or Y. Okay, well I'm I'm Z here. So if, if something comes up and you, they can't provide it for you, give me a call. You know, right. or, you know, provide a solution that there's that's maybe not available from a, uh, X or Y. Right. So, yeah, I love that. Do you think that customers are good about asking the right questions to understand those extra values and those things that should go along with? with that piece of equipment to really make the brand that sold them that equipment a partner? I would say some are and some are. <laughs> uh, I've seen customers be very, very uh, comprehensive in their questions, very, very comprehensive in what they want to know, understanding the whole gamut. Then I've seen customers that are, all they care about is the transactional relationship of buying the piece of equipment and they don't want to know anymore. And you know, I look at it saying, okay, they're, they're, they're paying X amount for the machine, but then the product support side, there's no conversations about. It's only about that transaction. And if you could come up with a more comprehensive conversation, it would be more beneficial for both sides of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of leads us to what would this perfect relationship look like if you were on that customer side and you came in and built that? What would that look like? So I'm basing this off real experience. I had a customer come in. We, we, we had gotten a new line of uh, uh, equipment we were representing. And the, the customer we had never done business in, the VP of, of the company walks in and says, I need to talk to you about doing business with you today. And I stopped everything I was doing. I sat down with them. We talked about it. And we set up a meeting within a week of everybody involved about what there was and getting things straight on who was who what was what and what their expectations were for that equipment. I mean, it, it, it was that easy of him coming in and saying, I want to talk to you guys. Right. So I look at it saying, okay, if you have, you're an owner operator, 
it's a different dynamic than if you're a 500 employee company, but you're an owner operator, go into your dealership and say, Hey, I want to get to know you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Dealerships love to show them their big, shiny shops, all That's the right. stuff you do all the time. But even if you're the medium-sized company or the large company, make sure your people are engaging with your dealerships and that so you can have the expectations of product support or, you know, coming up with better ways for you as the customer to keep your fleet going. Mm-hmm. I mean, dealerships are very open to doing a lot of things that will keep you up and running, but it, it takes conversations. It takes communication between both sides to do it. And sometimes it, it does take the customer's instigation to do it because the dealership's trying to support however many hundreds of customers, you know, it does take uh, is it the, the customer to want to talk to the dealer and come in and talk to them, you know, and it's not just the sales rep. You got to come and in, come into the dealership, come see what we do, come try and understand the business that we're in and how it works. Cause we can explain a lot of things of why things happen and why things are the way they are. If, if a customer would just come and take the time and visit with us. Right. And what do you think are like the, when, when a customer does that and then they walk away from that, if it's done well and it's done right, mm-hmm. what is the kind of the, the mindset shift that they would likely walk away with if it's done well and it's done right in terms of how they want to interact with their equipment provider? Well, if it's, if it's done well, if it's done right, I would first say that there's, there's probably a level of understanding that wasn't there from before they walked in, obviously, I would hope there's a level of trust there that was built just by the conversations and maybe a little bit of aha moments of, wow, I didn't know they did that. Wow, I didn't know they they could do that. I didn't know that they had that line. I didn't know that they could provide that situation or that solution to our problem. Right. Um, it, it is it is really a, a, a situation of learning and of uh, what's the word genie in law uh, discovery. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It, it really is a time of discovery for both sides of, of the relationship to understand each other better and right. you get, you get a lot of things out on the table better and understand things a whole lot better, which is having that kind of conversation. Right. Absolutely. Do you ever find benefit or do you guys ever do this in terms of anybody from your team when the opportunity arises being out on projects for good, consistent, loyal customers. So you can kind of see what their operations are like, the scenarios and the actual in-situ situations their equipment is actually operating in. That's what I preach 24 seven. <laughs> I might say that. <laughs> if we don't understand their job, if we don't understand what they're doing, we're not going to solve a problem for them. We're just going to be a commodity. If we're just waiting for the phone to ring when they need that next piece of equipment, we're a commodity. But if we're out looking at a job site and looking at how things are working or what's breaking down or whatever, we could actually provide solutions possibly they've never thought of. Um, We could provide, you know, I tell them, it's funny with skid steers of all things, little skid steers. Right. The sales rep to go to job sites, not not to look at machines, but to look for what attachments these guys need. Because there's also, there's oh, 10 yeah. that can solve a problem for a guy that maybe they've never thought of. The machine is, is you know, they buy one of those ones every few years, but they could use it in attachment on a job that we have that they've never thought of. Mm-hmm. Going on job sites is probably one of the biggest things that dealers do that that could benefit the customer the most. Now, I know I've heard it. 
God, I hate it when the guys get on the job site. I hate it when they come on. You know what? I would ask the contractors to welcome them, show them the job, tell them what they're doing because they're there for a reason. They're not just there to give you burritos, which believe me, I know they give them plenty of burritos, but, <laughs> but it's, they could, they could come up with a solution or something there to fix a problem, solve an issue. And you might not even realize it's there. Right. Right. I think it's, it's always having those outside eyes that are looking at stuff from a different perspective that really find those solutions. So, um, and we get so proprietary about stuff and we forget that we can really benefit from collaborating a lot. Yep. All it takes is communication. Thank you so much for sticking with me, going through this conversation I think this is something that's really powerful. I actually wrote an article that talked about developing a strategy from that dealer perspective. And it was kind of a, we used kind of a hypothetical in this article that we wrote for Moxie, Women in Infrastructure. And I will link to that article in here, but we actually break down all of the different elements, what that process could look like from a strategic point of view, from the dealership side how it could benefit your business, the feedback loops that you could build into it, how you could find opportunities for maybe even reoccurring revenue and really supporting your partners and helping them grow their businesses. So if you like to dive into the strategy stuff, you want to think about what could these hypothetical relationships look like? How could we do it better even if we're doing it well? You might want to check out that article. So we're going to include the link to it there and make sure that you are subscribed and that you are taking time. It is that time of year that we need to continue to work on our businesses. So if you have questions about strategy, marketing, what does it look like to have a fractional CMO come in and help you fill the gaps in your business, borrowing the brain of that executive strategy level to help you think through the next level of your business, make sure that you're scheduling a call. I'd love to see you on my calendar. That link is also in the episodes and you can also find that link right on the front of our webpage at storybuilt.marketing. That is storybuilt.marketing. All right, see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Contractor's Daughter. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and review, but most of all, share this with all of your friends, partners, and customers in the highway construction business. And thank you for building the infrastructure that we all rely on.